Welcome to the Blunt Letters Podcast. I'm your host, Electric, and I'm joined by Michaela Superstar. Hey, you said it at the same time. I'm so proud of us. And we have a special guest tonight, the famous bass player, Damon Smith. Yeah. Best bass player in the world. That's what I have written down. My favorite bassist. I don't know about that. And man. Favorite bassist and man. That's a lot to live up to. I don't like men that much, and I like Damon. I especially don't like white guys. Well, who can, how can you? I mean, you just can't, can you? I mean, who does? And that's why I love you. Good answer. Yes. Yes, sir. Good answer, sir. Yeah, how can you like men, but you, you stand above, which is why you're here. I know Damon because well, I met you at the the cafe. You used to come in the Temescal. I used to buy coffee from you. Uh huh. And then uh, and you grew up around Oakland. You grew up in Berkeley, right? Richmond. No, I grew up actually in Livermore. <gasps> I might be moving to Livermore. What do you think about that? What do you think? Livermore is not the worst place in the world. It's not the worst place in the world. They make wine there now. They make they make wine there. I know. Um, I went to high school there, but I I, I, I I was born in... Can I drop your name if I live there and be like... Some people might know me. Hey, yeah. I know Damon. And they'll be like, it's on to me. I was born in Spokane, Washington. And then I moved to Fremont. And then I, I grew up in this place called the Tri-Cities, which is on the Columbia River near the Hanford nuclear reactors. And then when I was 13, Whoa. I moved to Fremont, California. Where I'm from. That's where I grew up. That's where Elle is from. Awesome. I used to live in an apartment behind the um, the liquor barn in Fremont, and uh, all my favorite people come from Fremont. Fremont's a special place. It's got something. There's something. There's something going on in Fremont. I know a lot of people have great careers out of Fremont, especially musical careers. Actually, MC Hammer. Fuck yeah, MC Hammer, uh, Rome from Sublime, uh, Isaac Bolivar, who is a great traveling guitarist. Like a lot of people. Hello, randomly from Fremont. Yeah, and then I, um, and then I moved to Livermore. Well, my dad, you know, obviously my dad, my dad's an electrician, and so he, we decided to move to California. We were first in Fremont, then he bought a house in in Livermore, and then I, Livermore was where I lived. And then I, and then because at that point I was only into BMX, so I moved to Fremont with my friend when I kind of turned eighteen. And then I found out there was a nice flat parking lot in Walnut Creek. So I moved there, and there were some BMX riders out there. So I moved there for a good while. And then I moved to Oakland when I was about 19, 19 turning 20. But I met you, you were like... I must have been, I bet I was I bet I bet was 29 or 30. I was in my late 20s, early 30s at that God, time. I've known you so long. Yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah, it's You're one of years. my oldest friends. Yeah. Same here. That's so crazy. Yeah. And uh, so you used to go to the cafe. I thought you were awesome. And then found out your musician heard you was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Somehow we found out. So I, I can't remember where it, it turned out. Oh, you know, I probably gave you a flyer at some point. And then you started talking about free jazz. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm a jazz nerd. That had to be it. Because I always had a flyer because I had my poster business. I had my business putting up posters. So I was doing that all the time. And you were like, well, this punk rock girl's got nice tits. And then you, I was like, I like free jazz. And you were like, you're my new best friend. Exactly. And I was like, you know, yeah. I won't pretend that's not the case. <laughs> uh, that, was, yeah. that, that happened. I yeah. remember I remember the conversation <laughs> yeah. with you and PG. Oh, yeah. Philip Greenleaf. Coming to get coffee oh, yeah. from me. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm a charmer. I'm a charmer. But yeah, for sure. And like you and then we yeah, I started going to your shows and I was like, oh, my God, you're awesome. But we just clicked anyway, yeah. honestly. I think we were just like born to be friends because yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I was 
kind of this weird pariah weirdo, like I said, because I didn't, nobody knew who I was and I don't look the part or know, you know, nobody knows me from shit, but it was like hanging out with you gave me some cred. And then people were like, oh, all right, what the fuck is this guy hanging out with this crazy girl for? And I was like, you know. Well, that was such a weird scene. Because I mean, I'm hilarious. The funny thing about that Bay Area improv scene, and I don't want to get into just doing a bunch of shit talking, but. No, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm just saying, I'm not saying I shouldn't be a pariah, by the way. I think I think what you find out Proud when you move pariah. around the country a lot is that, you know, well, especially California has been trying to act high and mighty about their liberalness and everything. And like, you know. I found California to be pretty racist and fairly sexist. Yeah, for sure. And and the don't one forget I was classist. In, classist and ageist. And ageist, but you know, there's just different versions. There's different versions of it in uh, in in every place. You know, the, the the Texas racism is different than the California racism, and one's not necessarily better than the other. But the California racism is particularly gross because it's more like it pays lip service to trying not to be racist but if you remember like all those white guys that were like 10 years older than me you know mm-hmm. they didn't want to give spirit a gig they didn't want to give donald robinson a gig me. i absolutely remember and spirit is one of the best drummers that ever lived yeah for sure yeah and they're just a bunch of kind of losers that couldn't play very well and they were into shutting out the black dudes and then the thing that they did to the women was kind of even worse which is that they would only have them come play their stupid little compositions Mm-hmm. But they, when it was time to play, it would just be all the same, like, white dudes. You know, we don't need to say their names, but we know who they are. No, I know. We and, know who they are. It, they know who it, they are. And it was kind of a, a, a kind of a not the most progressive place I've ever lived. And each place is, in some ways, I would say, I would say um, Houston was much more progressive than the Bay Area in, in, wow. in a lot of ways. Wow, say that, yeah. And, well, you know, the, one of the problems with the Bay Area, it's also anti-art, right? They're against art. They're against music because tech is afraid of artists and oil money you can say what you want about it but oil money was willing to invest in art and tech tech wants to kind of push art away because i feel like it's threatened by it but that's my one of my own conspiracy theories maybe yeah i mean it's the bay area i like it I'm, I'm glad i grew up there but i mean you know san francisco you remember what it was when it was really what it was and it's just been ravaged oh boy and don't i Oh boy, don't I remember Oakland right. when it was what it was. Yeah. Even Berkeley. I mean, I had I had deep love for Berkeley, which I have gotten so much shit for over the years, and I'm like, fuck you, man. Berkeley's Berkeley so much better than so many places I've been. Like, and yeah, you don't know the Gilman Street 19-year-old Berkeley that I came into when I escaped my shitty hometown. Like, you don't know squatting on Shattuck with like one of my favorite guitar like one of my favorite bands like was crimp shrine and 15 and i got to fucking meet jeff and become his friend and squat with it was the first place i squatted as a young punk rocker and so yeah berkeley meant a lot to me and so people just like to shit on it a lot but also find me a bookstore that's better than moe's you go to bookstores all over the country they're all a disappointment Fuck, that's what I would say. Yeah. I'm like, where do you go to Amoeba? You go to fucking no, Moe's, you go to Amoeba. Amazing. Like, fuck you. Like, you come to Berkeley, you spend your money, and then shit on it. It's like, come on, man. I loved Berkeley. It was amazing. I mean, in a lot of these places, like, they'll say it's a college town, but their coffee's garbage, their their bookstores are shit, and their record stores are shit. And part of it was Amoeba and Moe's, the secret was they would pay you for your stuff. So if you had something good... You could sell it to them because you could get half of what it's worth, and all these other places are too cheap. And then they're and then you know, 
Moe's was always first. Moe's was always first where you went to sell books. It was always Moe's. Then Pegasus ended up being my other go-to. Yeah. Pegasus was one of the last ones. Pegasus was amazing. It's still there. Oh, is it still there? Fuck yeah. Okay, great. I follow him on IG. What was that cool? There, there, there was that other super cool one over by um, by Chez Panisse and North Berkeley Bart, that little area where the first Pete's was where you worked at. I didn't work at the first Pete's. I worked at the third Pete's. That's where we met. The North Berkeley one was the third no, one? No, the Domingo is where I worked. Across from the Claremont Hotel. But what's the one, you, you worked at that one for a bit. I saw you at that one, the North Berkeley Pete's. And there's that cool bookstore yeah. right down the street. You're from making it. me feel like I have aphasia. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> anyway, there's, 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 huge there's a great bookstore over room. there. And, and, you know, it's, there's not much else going on over there. There's that Pete's that's kind of up the block. And on the main street, there's the bookstore. And I think Chez Panisse is over there and not a whole lot else. It's at that one. Fuck, I, I really don't is. know. I don't know oh my god! I know. I feel like oh, I'm missing I'm out kill now. Myself. But seriously, I, I literally do not remember half of what I said last night uh, in the podcast we recorded. So I have nice. a memory problem. I think it's getting bad. Well, anyway, Berkeley. Berkeley's great. Berkeley's fantastic. I love it. So yeah, uh, we met there. Uh, we met in Oakland. We met North Oakland. North Oakland, and. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we just fucking hung out. And then I started running an actual venue out of my house, which drove my ex-husband crazy. <laughs> so many things happened there, you know. We smoked a joint with Prince Lachey. Like, what the fuck do you want? <laughs> In our backyard. Prince, he never played there, but he came out, right? He came to shows. No, I thought he played once. Yeah, Did and he then he smoked ones? weed with so out, cool. outside because I think Henry Kaiser was there and he was like, don't smoke around me, I got lungs. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you got lungs. Yeah. <laughs> Long story short, yeah, you got lungs. Here's a... Kaiser played there a lot, though. You know, that was pretty cool. Yeah, he liked it yeah. there. Henry was very nice to me. Henry's one of my favorite people. He's nice. One of my favorite guitar players anyway, but like he's also was one of the people who was super kind to me always and got me. You know, he'd be like, like when he did that showing... Of all that underwater oh, shit yeah. at twenty one grand, and I helped him with the AV, like, and I like helped him with the thing, and then he's like, "What?" He's standing next to me, and he's like, nudges me, and he's like, "It's like being on acid, right?" It's totally <laughs> like being on acid. And I was like, "Yeah, dude, totally." It was just like such a bro moment, and I was like, "I'm having a bro moment with Henry Kaiser. Like, I'm cool. Like, this is cool." Um, I could die. I was just like, this is so great. Like, he was so nice. And yeah, he's the greatest. I talked to him, I think, yesterday or the day before. We're working on some projects still. We're always working on something. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, he's ra- he's one of the best guitarists ever. And, like, yeah. And then, yeah, we went outside because we were like, don't smoke around him. Not, <laughs> you know, fuck that. As long as it'll explode underwater. We don't underwater. want that to happen. Uh, yeah. Wow. Don't do that. But, yeah, yeah a lot it was of good cool. shows. Was that was like a lot of that was a good time. That was an interesting time, and that was kind of right when you know, Cats and then Weasel and I had just kind of connected. Like you saw. Oh that, my god! Right? You guys played there all the yeah. time. You guys were at my house. Like you and Weasel were at my house so much. Like, and then the after parties with like the fucking piano, and then just Weasel drunk, <laughs> like playing songs, and just like. Yeah, that was a fun place. Debauchery happening on that couch. I was just like, this is so great. <laughs> that kitchen. Yeah. We had debauchery oh, all yeah. over that house. Yeah. It was so fun. I will not go into details, but it was a great time. There were a lot of good shows. There. Joe Morris show was a big one. There were a couple other big ones. There was a, there was a lot million. of Frank Rakowski shows. Um, there was a million awesome shows You know there. one that I really anytime liked? Anytime Willie uh, played. Anytime Willie, Willie played. played. Willie and Briarton Willie was duo. one of my favorite people. There was also... Uh, 
I mean, you know, the whole Charity Chan thing, people get dark on her, but that's, I think she's a lot of fun. She's, and uh, she's there was so an incredible good. trio yeah. I did with her and James Faye there. Um, Michael Evans played there, you know. this. I probably have like half of these recordings on a CD somewhere in my closet. Remember Michael Evans and, was it Michael Evans and Weasel Duo or Michael Evans and uh, Willie Duo? I have aphasia. What did I just say? Anyway, Michael Evans played there. It's sad that, you know, Michael Evans died. That was so sad. I do know that. I know. Like, not that guy. Mm -hmm. Well, let's raise a toast to him. What are you drinking? Okay, let's move on to that. This could be from Michael Evans. He was also very kind to me whenever I met him in a time where people were not being kind to me because I think I met him in New York City, if I'm not mistaken. You met him in your living room, but then he played the cafe in New York. Yes. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the only nice person to be in New York City right now. And I wanted to cry. So here's to you, Michael, (laughs) being super fucking nice all the time. And uh, what are you drinking? I um, I made a drink out of some Tower Vodka, which is a Texas vodka. And then a Topo Chico hard seltzer. Oh, I love those. And uh, some Ikea elderflower syrup. Are you kidding me right now? Thank you, Ikea. Yeah, you love elderberry, elderflowers or whatever. Yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah, you can get get this this syrup to make like sodas and stuff with at Ikea. What? And I, and I bought that a while ago. How much? Oh, it's not very expensive. It's just like a little jar. Four bucks, five bucks. Yeah, so it's cheap. Ikea, everything's yeah. cheap. Girl. Amazing. Yeah, it's pretty okay. good. So I made that. That's my little drink for tonight. And I put it in a frosty mug, a frosty uh, pint glass. That's a game changer. What's the flavor of Topo Chico Seltzer? It's, uh, this, the first one was strawberry. This one's tangy lemon lime, so it's not disrupting the elderflower. I tried to pick ones that would work with it, you know? And it's got like a yeah. nice little, sort of gives it like a little floral. That's good. That's BL worthy. You write that down. And you said a Texas vodka? Well, you know, I live in St. Louis, and St. Louis has, you could say it has the best beer in the country, and you wouldn't be wrong. Like, it's one of these places. Apparently, Budweiser's from here, and they optimized the water system in the early 1900s for beer. So the tap water's amazing, and they have this incredible beer. And in the last two years, I we were just hitting the beer, like, like without thinking twice, because it's just so good. And it's real, it's all like lagers and... And Kolsch's and stuff. So it's beer you can really just knock back without even thinking it. So I had to cut it out. And I, I drink, but only for occasions now. But I was just, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, we were just like having a beer. And having another beer. And having another beer. And like, they're just these incredible craft beers. And so I had to stop, you know, stop drinking. And then when the Topo Chico uh, hard seltzers came out, I started to drink those. Did they give you heartburn as a fellow <laughs> old person? No. No, I, but you know, my heartburn comes in spurts, you know, like, as that, like the, uh, like the, uh, uh, Richard Hell song, you know, love comes yeah, in spurts. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, uh, <laughs> my heartburn, like, will just be dormant for years and then it'll just, I'll eat two, it usually takes two things to activate. Do you know what these two things are or is it any random no, two things? No. Like pepperoni it, it, and. Random two things. Like if I have, yeah, like if I have like Cheeto. a pizza and then maybe some kind of barbecue <laughs> that's the wrong kind. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden I'll get it and it'll stick around for a while. But then once it's gone, it'll go away. What are you drinking, Michaela? Oh, I'm drinking the same thing I was drinking the other night, but I made a better video. So I muddled some blackberries and added that Indago. I'd like to say that I bought my third bottle of Indago gin officially. Thank you. I love it. It's delicious. It's strawberry. So I go to like the one nice place in town. There's like, you know, there's friendly spots in my town. There's my weed shop guy who gives me like free edibles and loves me. 
and hooks me up. And then there's the alcohol dude right next door. Like literally like you just like you can walk. I sometimes just park in one parking lot and walk next door and get my alcohol. And there's like these hipsters that work there and they play like free jazz and the Smiths and like the fucking cure or like uh Gary Newman was on the other day. It was like one of the it's like this what? weird like yeah, it's like one of those weird portals where you're like, "I uh, here okay, Michaela lives here. Go ahead." This is why I think there's a simulated reality and it's all made up because it's like, "Oh, Michaela's stuck here. She's miserable. Uh give her a liquor store where they play fucking Ornette <laughs> Coleman when she goes to buy gin." It's like, "What the fuck?" you know, and then they love her and they're like, "Hey, what's up, girl?" and they want to talk your ear off. So, the cashier today gave me a sample of ginger flavored bourbon that's like $35 a bottle because he's like oh what's up I'm sampling today what's up and like he gave me like a shot and I'm like talking to this other girl who's drinking shots with me and then this big ass gruff dude's like oh what's that and I was like yeah I'm buying Snoop Dogg's gin again and he was like is it good though is it as good as Bombay Sapphire and I was like actually that's one of my favorite gins and like yeah it's good I was like this is nice because it has a flavor and I just like to mix it with seltzer and he was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, this dude straight up looks like a giant lumberjack. Like he's, but, and he's got like a, you know, he's one of those dudes who just carries like a fucking 12 pack under his arm. Like it's nothing. He's like, oh, okay. He's like, I should try that. Cause I really like Bombay. And I was like, oh, you should try the Bombay East. Like I'm getting like snobby about like gin with this weird dude. And then like drinking shots with the cashier. And I'm like, what the fucking, how am I in <laughs> Connecticut? It's like, I always find a way, right? I find my place where I can like go hang out with this kid. And this kid's like 20. Like, this was the kid who was like, people over 40, am I right? And I was like, and I'm like, I am turning 47. I like, uh, I always like Connecticut, like when I've been. That's a whole nother story. Yeah, it's fine. But you know what? This place is magical. So I had this whole conversation, bought the Indago, mixed it with blackberries and blackberry boobly again. It's just, it's, it's honestly very refreshing and luxurious at the same time. Yeah, it's so springy. It's a spring drink. It's really nice, yeah. And it's purple like my hair. What are you drinking? So tonight, I'm still into the Neptunia gin from Hendrix that we had Mm -hmm. talked about last time as well. But instead of making a martini, which I made last night, I made a highball with that gin and a raspberry hibiscus seltzer. Nice. Is that La Croix? No, it's Good and Gather from Target. Nice! (laughs) Yeah, they're coming up. Raspberry hibiscus. Pretty fancy like can, it. too. Thanks, Thanks Target. Targs. Target has a whole sex toy area now, and they have Dr. Bronner's, but it's in a weird place. What? <laughs> Tell me everything about both of those things. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about Target. I was just there recently looking for stuff. And then I was looking for uh, um, like a facial scrub made by the company that makes the razors that I use. Which is what? And then I couldn't find. I like Harry's razors. I was going to guess Harry's. Oh We're trying to get God. sponsored totally as much as possible. Harry's razors are the greatest thing ever. I mean, they give you, look at this smooth shave. Harry's it's like, razors. It's like Woody Harrelson and No Country totally. for Old Men, if you look at it close. Harry's razors. It'll make you look like Woody Harrelson from No Country from Old Men. 
Give us money. Well, that's the most. I mean, if you, if you remember that movie, that's the most incredible closest shave that anyone's ever had on on screen. I am super in love with Woody Harrelson. Well, he's wearing that blue cowboy suit. I can't too. even he, tell you. He looks incredible in that movie. That's like his best role, even though he's not in it for very long. Mm. He's just amazing in it. I don't know if I can even. I don't even know how I can start to even think about his best role right now. Well, it's a great role. I mean, he's amazing because he's this. He's this dude that's he's a killer. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Like, I am so sexually attracted to him as a serial killer. It confused me very much as a young person. But he was so funny as Woody. And then I, I, I wanted to hate White Men Can't Jump, but then I watched it and I was like, God damn you, you son of a bitch, I'm in. Like, this was, it was, heart, it was heartwarming. It was heartwarming. I bought it. I was like, I buy this 100%. I like this movie. I don't know why I like this stupid ass movie. Because Woody Harrelson is magical. He, he can make movies better. Fucking love him so much. I love him. True detective. Fuck, dude. Fuck. And that was his call to be the fucking hard ass and not the fucking weirdo. Because they actually wanted to cast him as like the far out one, right? Because he's like a fucking cannabis advocate, as was we. Uh, you know, as well as we are. Whatever. The fuck. We like weed. <laughs> just like him. And then he was like, you know what, though? He's like, you know what would be crazy is if I played the straight guy. And we had Matthew play the weird dude. And they were like, okay, let's try it. And they were like, you're a genius. Like, and that's one of his, that's one of my favorite roles by him is that. Cause he's so like, what is it? True detective. True detective. Yeah. The yeah, first yeah, season, yeah. one of the fucking best things yeah. that ever happened to television ever. It was so brilliant. Oh my God. <laughs> I love that shit. Him and Matthew McConaughey. Ugh. We're talking about his face because you saw sex toys at Target. Mm. Sorry. Yeah, don't bring him up. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Harry's razors will just get you that close of a shave. Like, my, my shaving thing, you know, I, I have a very uh, I have mm-hmm. a very elaborate, like, of shaving you ritual. You know, I use the, I've got, like, a really fancy bowl from Germany where I mix my shaving cream with a little brush and all that and put nice. it on. And, and, I, and I have these fancy shaving creams and everything. But I was looking for this uh, facial scrub that go, that's made by the razor company that I like, Harry's Razors. And then I found the area where the... Um, the Dr. Bronner's is, which is in the kind of like sort of near the makeup area, but near like facial scrubs and stuff. And they have it down there. And then, and then a few aisles over, they have like a, a whole set of, of, they're pretty like basic. They're not like sexy looking, mm. but they had like at least three kinds of vibrators wow. and about four or five types of lube and all kinds of other things. And this is, you know, Target. We should do a vibrator review from Target. Ugh, we'd have to buy a lot of vibrators. You could probably get be able to get sponsored by them. I honestly, I'd just be like, that was great, whatever. Like, I'm so happy with like the worst, <laughs> crappiest vibrators. <laughs> Easy to please. And they weren't expensive either. They were like thirty bucks what? was the most expensive one, and that was the kind of, you know, they were pretty. It was a pretty seemed like pretty good deals, you know. Yeah, no. Um, what have you not gone on Amazon? That's a lot of money for a vibrator. What do I need? I mean, honestly, it's like. Doesn't take that much that I need to spend thirty dollars on it. <laughs> <laughs> they make great vi- vibrators now for like around twenty dollars. It's wow, that's pretty good. A little more, unless you have a completely numb clitoris somehow. I don't know. It's like you either you either you can get that or a double CD by your favorite free jazz musician. You, know, you got to pick. Mm, you, you know, can't pirate an orgasm, baby. Ugh, <laughs> 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 oh, I have this big fart stuck in my funny tummy. I'm afraid if I pushed you hard, I'll shit my pants. Why don't you call 1-800-FART-KNOCKERS? What's that? 
Fart knockers will headbutt you in the stomach for a dollar and knock that fart right out of you. A dollar? Thanks. I'll call right away. <laughs> Thanks, fart knocker. Not responsible for your ass sounding like a machine gun, duck, or other aquatic fowl. May take more than one headbutt to dislodge fart. Sharding and accidental boners may occur. If erection lasts more than two hours, consider getting into BDSM. Do not contact fart knockers to get said boners again. Call 1-800-DICK-FARTS instead. Do not use fart knockers if currently possessed or lactating. Welcome back for the Blunt Letters. Here's what's weird about me and Damon. So we, we got into it a little bit, but we get sidetracked because I'm terrible at linear narratives. And so we're here with two of my best friends. It's my birthday. This In a few days, it's my birthday. Happy birthday. Let's just start off with that. So that's one of the reasons that this is happening is that like, and, and then like kind of went all over too for a bit. Then you ended up in outside of Boston. Yeah, you were still in Lindsay. Oakland for a while. And I ended up in New York City. And I was like, oh shit, cool. Like we finally live near each other again. That's right. Queens so that was cool. And then we got to hang out a bunch in New York City. And then I went to see you up in Massachusetts. Yeah. 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 One of the funnest times, you know, I was looking at, I do this thing in the morning now where I, um, I try to get my morning routines together. You know, I have a very complex morning routine and, and I started, um, reading again. Oh, nice. Reading novels again. Cause I just kind of fallen off reading novels and I wasn't doing it at all. And I needed to kind of find a system. And my system now is like, I usually get up and listen to two CDs while I'm doing my morning stuff. And, and then after breakfast, instead of getting back on the computer, I go and sit in my living room area and read. But that's where all my art books and shit are. So I thought, you know, during this time, I, you know, I have this massive collection of expensive, fancy art books and all these editions and stuff. And I thought, you know, during this time, I should just pick one and interact with it before I read the novel each day, you know, and then I'll make, and then I thought, okay, I can make an Instagram post so people, you know, and today I pulled down that Pipple at your wrist thing. And remember we saw that incredible show. I love it. The, I know. It reminded me of you so much. At the new museum. Yeah, that was so fun. That was one of the funnest times. But the other one that wait, was Wait, wait, fun, wait. Did you just say it was one of the funnest times? What do you mean, like ever? In your life? One of the funnest times that we had in New York City together. Oh, okay. Um, That's still good. Because we've had other fun times. <laughs> that, but um, And then there was that. Remember that exhibition by, um, oh, fuck, I'm going to forget his name now. But that. That great surrealist artist. I just bought the catalog recently. I can't. I can't believe I forgot the name. Oh, Picabia. That Picabia exhibition that I didn't. We didn't even know about. And we just went to MoMA randomly, and we and there was that whole Picabia exhibition, and it was just like mind blowing. And you know, it's so rare that an exhibition really like really goes that far, and especially some artist that's already been around. Like that was yeah. That work was like a hundred years old or something. I know. Yeah, we had a lot of good times in New York. That was a fun time. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do in the world ever in my entire life is go see art with you. So it was, yeah, it was pretty great. So much. We, and we did stuff. Uh, I feel like I've seen art with you other places in like Oakland and stuff. Didn't we go see stuff down there? Yeah, in Oakland and stuff. But, um, you know, but one of the things that I would do also in New York. New York is pretty great for art. I'm not going to lie. I, I sort of pretty quickly realized that if you try to meet up with people in New York, it's a losing proposition because, like, that person's going to come and try to 
you meet you somewhere and it's going to take 45 minutes of your day just sort of figuring out how to meet the person and then they're going to get there and you have to decide to do stuff and all of a sudden two hours is gone. Mm-hmm. So I just started that this policy at a certain point like I'm just going to hang out with Michaela because I'm staying with her. <laughs> and yes. I might meet someone and I might meet up with one of the people right. I'm playing the gig with. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know, that's just you make those kind of hard rules and like, I like and it's that better. Rule. And then and then I had so much better time in New York. Right, because like you and I would go out and do these things, and it'd be, we'd see all the stuff, and it would be totally amazing. I because I'm so down to do anything. Like you're with someone who is like literally down to do anything. Yeah, that was such an incredible time. I'm pretty easy to hang out with. That's why, like, li- people who honestly like kind of aren't weren't even like to me my best friend or that close brought me on multiple vacations with them. Cause they were like, yeah, but you would be the most fun and the most agreeable. Like I really am so down to do it again. If you're like art, I'm like art. And you're like art. And I'm like, God, point the way. I don't give a shit. We're going to have a great time. Like electric came with us on some of these outings too, though. Yeah, yeah. I did. I went to a couple of outings. You went to the, you went to the Pettibone show. I love that. And then figured out the, um, you figured out the lift after that. Us all. I remember that because we're all old people. See, she's so good with like life. Yeah, we took a lift to Chelsea after the Pentagon show. Oh, and I just and I made it happen. That's cool. <clears throat> yeah, you made it happen because none of us could figure this shit out, you know. And there had to be a couple others too that you were definitely around. I've added computer nerd to my resume recently because I realized I am actually quite good at uh, like robots. You have certificates in things that concern computers. You're officially a computer nerd. Yeah. That was a really cool day because we went to so many places. We saw, we went to a bunch of galleries. Yeah. Uh, I know. We have so much fun. Yeah, we saw that Lawrence Wiener show. Lawrence Wiener's dead now. Oh, what? Oh, no. Why did he die? He died last year. Um, he had, like, some really bad lung cancer. He was really oh, into smoking happen. cigarettes. Like, not just a cigarette smoker, but, like, he was way into it. So, how old he was he? He was into his 70s. He wasn't terribly old, but not terribly young. Fuck yes. Smoke all you want, kids. Yeah. You can live to be 70. And yeah. after that, it's all bullshit anyway. Shit in your pants and hate in life and arthritis. So, fucking smoke all you want. Harry Dean Stanton. My grandpa. My grandpa smoked till he was, like, 92. He didn't even die of emphysema. He died of, like, some other weird bullshit. It's like... Smoke all you want. Take your chances. Who gives a fuck, man? Like Yeah. And look at the career that he had. He had this great career. You know, he did all this stuff, you know. Look at that. 70-something's good. Listen, I'm turning I'm turning 47 in a few days. If I live into my 70s and get to do all these drugs and drink this much the whole time, I'm cool. I don't need, to, I don't need those 10 to 20 extra fucking years of being like, oh, I remember when my face didn't look like it was a melted candle and I could poop without a diaper. It's like, I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need that. I'm going to be 50 in October. Unless I maybe like uh, Harold and Maude. If I'm like Maude and that kind of 80, like maybe. But like, we'll see. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be all fucked up. Like, I'd rather just die... Well, the thing is, if you smoke, you would be more fucked up when you get old. That's the problem. Not necessarily. You don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, that motherfucker was in his 70s. Like, that's a good life. My grandpa was in his 90s. My grandma, I thought my grandma, she was a smoker, smoked like... I literally, you know what I think of when I think of my grandmother? 
weird big ass moles and the scent of cigarettes. Like she literally reeked of cigarettes. She smoked so much. She died at 84 of emphysema. I'm like, so you smoked your whole life and lived to 84? Like smoke away if you really love it. I'm just like, I'm done with shaming people. If we go, we're not going to shame people for eating Big Macs. I'm not going to shame you for smoking cigarettes. It's like, it stinks. Get away from me. <laughs> I'll get, you know, like, but if you were also like spraying perfume a lot or something, I'd be like, get away from me. And I'd get away from people when I smoke weed because it stinks. It's like, I get it. Why is your sock half off, weirdo? My toes are cold, but my foot is hot. Here, try toe beanies. Mm, I don't get it. Toe beanies, like hats for your toes? Uh, uh, what do you mean? Like hats, but on your toes. Um, hey, okay, um, I, I just can't picture it. I, I don't... What do you mean you can't picture it? Like, they'd be too big. Like, do you mean there's, like, little... Like, there's hats on each foot? Like, is it, isn't that just a sock? I mean, that's what a... No, just, Jesus Christ, a beanie. You know what a beanie is, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're very warm. Yes, very warm. And we make beanies for every toe. Uh, oh, it, so, well, like a sock. Like a sock for each toe. No, like a little hat for each of your toes. So it doesn't cover my whole toe. <laughs> no, it's like a beanie, you know, keeps your toe warm while you... My foot is cold? That I mean, I... But your toes are warm. Right, but I mean, I would just kind of call that a toe sock. No, these are toe beanies. A tiny toe beanie for each toe of your foot. I don't... I don't... I don't understand. Is there anyone else we can get for this commercial? No! Fine. I don't know why you're going to give me shit putting things on my toes when I'm trying to... All right, all right, all right, all right. Contact us at 1-800-BEANIES-FOR-YOUR-TOES and get some beanies for your toes because your toes are cold but your foot's hot. Beanies for your toes. Oh, I get it now. Let's talk about art. Let's talk about art. So I'll start with one of the biggest regrets in my life is... Um, there's a version of this book, Imagining Her Erotics, Carolee Schneemann, that comes with a menstrual print of hers. There's an edition. Yeah. And um, I had this, there was an art book lady at 49, at this place, uh, uh, 871 Fine Arts in San Francisco, who like took pity on me because I was a musician. She would give me good deals, like half my art collections from there. And it's kind of stuff like that, like books that came with the print and, you know, little things, but by these hotshot you know, famous artists that are in museums and stuff. Mm -hmm. But she had this book with the menstrual print, and it was, I think it was 400 or $600. Wow. And I had like $640 to my name, or 440 whatever. I had 40 bucks plus how much the thing was. And I didn't buy it, and I just should have, because I would have just struggled for a week. I'd have forgotten about that week, right? And I'd have the fucking menstrual print today, you know? So the moral is always buy the art when you see it. Spend all your money on it. Doesn't matter. You know. Yeah, I agree with you. I've tried my we electric actually have gone halvesies on art prints and art that we wanted because we were like, you know what? We love each other. We're gonna be each other's life for the rest of our lives. Someone should own this. And like, yeah, you can pass it back and forth. You know, and it's good to kind of rotate. I don't even care. I was like, if we can go into this together, let's just do it. This one that I I got for sixteen bucks, probably at Pegasus or one of those places. Oakland. 
I know Oakland. And I chose Berkeley. Well, I got this book. I probably got it in Berkeley. I may have gotten it in Oakland. I may have gotten it at Dunaway, but it was one of those. It, it was one of those <laughs> not major bookstores. It was one of the like secondary ones, like Pegasus, Dunaway, or this place I can't remember over off of. Uh, I forget where it was. But anyway, she's talking here about um, about this piece that she did called Interior Scroll, and she starts a little essay here. I'm not just going to read out of the book, but it's fairly interesting. This thing that she says. You can. She says. Uh, this is Carolee Schneemann, and the book is called Imagining Her Erotics. And um, one of her most famous pieces is called Inter- Interior Scroll, so we could start with that to talk about. She's a fantastic artist. I mean, I really like her. Later, she got um, in trouble and stuff because she wanted to have sex with her cat in the museum. I think it was. I think she wanted to have sex with her dead cat in the museum, and they told her she can't do mm. that. Oh, and they didn't like that? No, she didn't do it. They didn't let her do it, and then she died. So the way this starts is pretty nice because uh, Interior Scroll is from 1977. And we're not going to get into what it is yet, but she starts the essay about it. I first wrote about vulvic space in 1960 as a result of an art history assignment on symbolism. I like it where it's going so far because most people don't talk about vulvic space whatsoever. Right? <laughs> so she's kind of talking about doing something basically sort of a... Um, She's talking about the serpent again, the snakes and all that, the trans transmigration. I've seen this. Yeah, of course you have. It's great. This one with the thing coming out of her cunt. Yeah, she pulls it out. She pulls out this text and reads it. Yeah, it's a video piece. Ooh, I like her. I like her. Okay, so here we go. So what does it say? So I think she did a bunch of them and she did um, the first message that she read was from the feminist text in uh, Kitch's Last Meal. But she's, she did other ones and each reading, you know, because she could do a different thing each time. So she could perform the piece and the text could change. Ooh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. What happened? Do you know what happened to the text after it came out of her cunt? I bet somebody bought it. I bet it was in a collection somewhere. I'd buy that. If I was rich, I would, I would buy that yeah. in a heartbreak. I know exactly what you're... See, this is the thing. Because I have aphasia... I have seen a million art. You know me. I love art. And you go to a lot of museums. I'm addicted, but I don't remember anything. So that's all. I wanted to look it up because I was like, I know who this is. And yeah, please continue. So she did another great piece. Well, you know, the the interesting thing about her is she's kind of coming in uh, to being, you know, sort of well known right after minimalism and around early performance art. You know, so, so what time, uh, like what year would that be? When I was born, ba, 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 ba. she's getting started in the 60s and so, sort of coming forward in the later 70s. Apropos. Yeah. So a lot of these other people had been around. And so she's responding to a lot of the dudes and stuff. And she's got a lot of feminist theory. Now, a lot of feminists, I know this, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to kind of just do too much off the cuff because I want things to be accurate. But I know there were a lot of feminists that took issue with her because uh, her one of her major pieces. She's having sex with a man who was her partner, and she was sort of hyper. She's sort of hypersexualized, and she was an attractive That's young awesome. woman in a lot of these pieces. That happens a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've always thought she was very special, and there's a brutality to what she does, you know. But one of the major pieces that I would encourage everybody to look up, you can see it at ubu.com. And it's called Fuses. And that's this incredible video. It's not a video. It's, a, it's actually a film that she did in collaboration with the filmmaker Stan Brackage. So she filmed. The, the idea is 
it's sex with their partner James Tenney, who's like one of the greatest post Cage, post John Cage American composers, and uh, so she's she's having sex with him, and it's from the perspective of their cat. I feel like I was literally just reading about this. And um, I forget the cat's name. That, that, that's going to be in the book here. What the fuck, dude? Yeah, yeah, it's a great piece. And then Stan Brackage did all these overpainting of the film. And so it's a really special artwork, actually. It's a, it's a very special artwork. So Stan, it's a collaboration with Stan Brackage and this great composer, James Tenney. And, um, and that one's called Fuses. But anyway, you know, she did these famous sort of fe- feminist performances, you know, and uh, the scroll piece is a really famous one. The stuff to look up is this kind of last works with her cat. She did all this. She got obsessed with this cat and the cat died. And then her last proposal for a performance was something about um, some kind of necrophilia with the cat in the museum. Whoa. And, and, and uh, they weren't having it. Which museum was that that she proposed it in? I forget what it was. But it was like it was a big one. It was like the Whitney or somewhere, you know, like a, like an American museum. Wow. She taught also. She was the, the teacher. You know, do you remember Cheryl Leonard? Yes. Cheryl Leonard studied with her a bit. Remember when you were like, oh, my friend is recording like seashells and like rocks and shit. And I was like, oh, I know a lady like that. Like that's Cheryl Leonard. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I was like, that's not new. I know this lady who did it. And then like she probably got it from someone else. Cheryl Leonard's work is pretty cool. Cheryl's pretty original, actually. And uh, Well, I was like, and it's pretty cool. I was like, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. And yeah, she's cool. I was doing an interview and somebody was talking about the Herzog soundtrack. And I started talking about Cheryl. And then um, I was talking about them to these people. And then I thought, oh, man, I bet Cheryl has some recordings out by now. Because, you know, back then she didn't have, there was like a CDR maybe. Yeah. And then I went to her band camp and I got two, of her, she's got two, like, good CDs out. Uh, two CDs of her work and they're both really good like I ordered them they were like 10 bucks you know each I always enjoyed her performances when I saw her she's so cool yeah she was really cool she's um I think I think I would have I always thought she was cool I I I was into her work then I just kind of I feel like I didn't have the uh imagination to be what to figure out what it would be like to to do a project with her for me. I, I couldn't figure out how to get my music to interface with hers, but I think I could now. I like, I'd love to play with her now. I, I think I, I think I have the imagination to make it happen. You know, but back then it was a little bit like, Whoa, she's doing this cool thing. What would I do? She's very whimsical, yeah. but it's pretty precise. And she's doing all these things up in the mountains and stuff like that. And all these, like, I mean, it's, it's pretty deep stuff and she's really followed it now. So now she's been at it for like two decades and it's, and it's kind of really gotten there. But she's also, Carly Schneemann was also into this. Um, I like her. She was a peer of this um, great Cuban performance artist, Anna, Med- Anna Medieta. Do you know about her? A lot of blood and nudity also. <laughs> yeah. And then she was married to the artist Carl Andre, who's the guy when you go to the museum and there's like checkered lead plates on the floor that you could walk on. And she was possibly killed by him. Deanda, was she the one that was like letting people cut her or whatever? Or is I'm, I'm remembering that wrong. No, that's Yoko Ono. That was Yoko Ono? Well, Yoko Ono let people cut things off of her. Oh, no, it might have been Mendieta who let you cut her. 
Yeah, like you cut her up. Like they were like they were like, listen, I'm just gonna stand here. Yeah. And here's scissors and razors or whatever the fuck you want. I think that was Mendieta. I think you're yeah, right. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And she was yeah. like, do and then some people like and the but then some people like, Oh, she planted her friends to cut her up and stuff and it's like, Who cares? That's still art, you dumb shits. Yeah. People are so fucking stupid. It's like even if I ask electric to come cut my face up during an art piece, it's still art, you dumb shitty fucking losers what's well, maybe even better too you know what i mean it's like yeah i would i would have a hard time doing it that's why it's art because you'd have a hard time doing it yeah it'd be even more artistic if it was people i knew you dickhead so why would i hide that from you i don't know people just dismiss women all the time and they were like oh they planted people in that crowd to do that well anna mendieta was great and anyway they were friends <laughs> This museum prevents phalluses or penises from the animal kingdom with all the artistic pieces around as well. Over 250 penises and 350 artistic renderings of phalluses from all around Iceland, including four human specimens. I've been collecting over 40 years now. I'm almost 70. I've got foxes, minks, house mouse, field mouse, rats, brown rats, black rats, pigs, horses, rams, Bulls, reindeer, polar bear, seals, walruses, harbor seal, grat seal, sperm whale, humpback, minky whale, killer whale, dolphin. I've got them all. I've got specimens from all mammalian species, including a proper human. This ad is in no way endorsed by the actual museum and shouldn't reflect poorly on the advertising choices of the Icelandic Phallic Museum and its employees within. This is purely satire, even though technically based on actual words from the founder's mouth from the documentary, which we use in satire. Don't sue us, thanks. Don't sue us. Jokes and jokes and spaghetti. I want to call this Michaela's piece. How long should I play for? As long as your soul tells you. Here's what I'm going to say. If I could think of... Three things. No, that's kind of weird. Because I guess in person. Besides being able to see people in person, if I could think of three of my top three things I could have for my birthday, and one of them was having Damon play bass for me live on my podcast, it would probably be in that top three. So I want you just to play as long as you want for me for my birthday because we're friends for at least a couple, at least a decade because we can't remember. Well, it's going to be your birthday. It's an improvisation for your birthday. I think we've been friends 20 years. So play me a nice see you soon. More than a decade, I think 20 years. More like 20 years. Yeah. Dream come true. Okay, so I'm going to do a, a, a free improvisation for Michaela's birthday. 47th birthday. Thank you. 
funeral it's official man that was so good that was so good thank you so much (laughs) happy birthday thanks for listening to the blunt letters podcast follow us on spotify anchor google cast breaker pocket cast and radio public for more episodes oh that's a lot don't forget to follow us on instagram facebook tiktok and youtube for mind-blowing memes and videos find issues of our zine on amazon and send us a message if you want to know more about the blunt letters merch subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to stay up to date on our episodes bye 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 bye